Hello, you have reached Living Truthfully's answering machine, the number one truthful answering machine. It's obvious, Amani Moranga and Super Producer are not in, but before you leave a message I have a burning question to ask. Is it true that there's only three things that tell the truth in the world? A child. A drunkard. And, yoga pants. Press 1 to ignore my question press 2 if you are shocked and had no idea what I am talking about. If you know about this truth, haha, please hang up. Good morning, good afternoon, good whatever time it is, wherever you are, welcome to Living Truthfully, the podcast. My name is Amani Maranga. Majina yangu ni Amani wa Maranga. And I'm grateful you're here listening to Living Truthfully, the podcast. How are you doing? What's going on in your world? Why is Barry White black? Okay, sorry. I mean, are you, are you safe? Are you COVID-free? Have you started, has your industry started like rising again? What's going on in your world? Please tell me. <coughs> Excuse me. That's not COVID. I've just had a samosa and there's a small part of it that's going in the wrong direction. And my guest is Uko now running for his mask, even though we are quite social distancing. That's rude, Joram. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, my guest today, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to an old friend of mine. Old because he actually is old. <laughs> um, but yes, he's my friend. Uh, Joram Muinamu has was my first ever housemate when I first moved out of my fo- my folks' house. Uh, he's the guy who <coughs> excuse me I moved in with. Um, I don't know why I did that. I don't know either. <laughs> but it was a good time. Yes, it was it a was. really good time. Um, he is the founder of Wild International, which is. Um, let me see if I can describe Wild. I'll probably say it wrong, and he's going to be so mad at me. But Wild was this business that was an SME enabler, or enabler of businesses, mm-hmm. using training, and I think they would give tools and resources yes. for, for people, to, for SMEs to grow in mm-hmm. their business. And he did that pretty successfully, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But now, you know, he's no longer, he's still a founder, but no longer the CEO of Wild. Yes. He's now running the sandbox. <coughs> Yes, true. Which is, um, hmm, let me see, <laughs> what is the sandbox? Let me find the right words. It's a place where experts collaborate to grow your business. Is that is that right? Perfect. It helps that your website is right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I actually wait for other people to say it so that I get words to describe it in a way mm. that people will understand. No, but it's it's definitely a really good like collab space and, I, and I've seen it. Mm. And, you know, you have all these different professionals that are first can collaborate to grow their own businesses, but then they also serve clients uh, and, and grow other businesses. And wh- what I like about Joram is that he's always been a visionary. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome with me the man, Joram Muinama. A big tune. What up, Jero? Yeah, you can imagine me running around in a club. 
slapping people's you know, <laughs> high fives and that yeah, kind of stuff. So as you walk, yeah. as you as you run into on, onto the stage, uh, yeah. alright, take your seat. This is a plenary. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, us thank you so much. It's uh, great to be here. It's long uh, overdue after so many years. Yeah, uh, I think me and you have always been in each other's lives. I, maybe from the time we were teenagers, actually. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. High school. Yeah, you were in Pachas in MFA. Yes. We were in Fortress together. Yes. Worship team. Worship team Manenos. Youth. Fortress leadership. Youth uh, leadership. But uh, you, you were a year ahead of me. Yes, I was. So, for some reason, I looked mm. up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up to you every Sunday on stage. Uh, because the stage was up there. Um, no, no, I still yeah. look up to you. you. You've definitely been a visionary and a good friend. And I want to say congratulations on your success, man. Thank you, thank you. It's strange hearing someone call it success, because that's, I don't know that it feels like that. Mm. Yeah. But Which, isn't, isn't it true that often success doesn't feel like success? I, I think especially for the person who's driving the vision, mm. um, it, it's rare that you get to the place where you feel. Mm. Okay, I, so it, it's an interesting thing, I think, you sit and dream about getting somewhere mm. uh, and then maybe two things happen. By the time you get there, um, you've set your sights on a much higher goal. Mm -hmm. So even what you should have been celebrating as a really big thing, mm. um, it doesn't feel like a big thing to no, you. It pills. Yeah, in comparison. Mm. Uh, but also that feeling that you thought you'd have when you achieve those things mm. is just not there. As in, in the way you imagined it to be. Boss, you have summed up life. <laughs> and you have summed up life so well, yeah. your work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true. But, and, and here's, but let me tell you why I think you're successful. Because of the first thing that you said. Mm. Where you set your sights on something mm -hmm. and, it, and it comes to be. Yes. And the fact that you've moved from an idea... Mm -hmm from a dream to an actual thing mm -hmm. that can be seen to a tangible um, achievement of that dream, of that idea. That is success. Yes. That movement is success. Is that, yes, yes, I agree with you. Uh, at least in I my, in my books of success, that I movement is success. You. Whether that venture is successful is a different mm, thing. A di <laughs> all but, together. You know, all together. <laughs> but you know, the movement from a dream mm. to a uh, to actualizing that dream. Mm. That for me is, is success. And, and bro, I walked into the sandbox. I saw exactly what you created. Mm. Um, I saw you, you know, I saw you start wild. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and you have a successful business with wild. So, bro, congratulations on your success. Thank you. Thank you. I, I will accept that. I will accept that because I think it's very few times that I slow down enough <clears throat> you know to think about it as i've achieved some level of success um yeah so thank you thank you i, th I think we beat down ourselves a lot as entrepreneurs mm. uh, where it's almost always about chasing the expanded version of a dream mm. uh, then looking back and saying i've actually achieved something um, yeah so yeah that's i'll accept that and thank you you're welcome. Mm. So how are you doing? I am good. I'm in an interesting space. Mm -hmm. 
it's one year after we launched the sandbox mm. uh, we are actually going to be celebrating one year uh, next week on the 25th oh, nice um are, are you hosting a gig so you, we're still in covid times yeah <coughs> so there's very uh, big limitations I'm just, I'm just, yeah, just. Yeah, let's let's talk. Let me see how far my oh, people oh, planning. We're talking. We're talking now. <laughs> we're talking what, do now. Mean, what do you mean? Let's talk. <laughs> what what does this look like? It's even recorded talk. But anyway, congratulations. So, yeah, but thank you. Now. Yeah, I have a pretty empowered team. So usually, when I make decisions, when they're handling something, we get into uh, serious okay. fights. Yeah. Send me an email. Give me so an email. I'll send them. A you'll send. Out. Okay. They're very friendly. <laughs> like me. Yeah. So, so mm. that that I I believe that mm. I I know you to be. One and of and the I best can give in you the this. family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we are celebrating one year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a very interesting year because several things have happened in that year. Mm-hmm. Um, we launched on February 27th, <laughs> and just a month later is when the first lockdown was announced. Less than a month later. Less than a month later, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so here we are. We launched an idea that at the time looked very space-based, mm. very interaction-oriented. Mm. And uh, then, uh, you know, a month later, the government says that interaction cannot continue because we're expecting a lot of people to come in, a lot of food traffic and all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, uh, we couldn't. So we had to quickly re-strategize and rethink the value of the sandbox um maybe just to explain it a little bit the sandbox brings together like 25 professional services under one roof Mm -hmm. they are all experts in their own right they all run their own independent companies but we collaborate to uh you know serve the customers who come through into the sandbox so yeah by feb last year i think we had 19 of them we've grown to 25 we started then there was lockdown, and um, I think we thought quickly on our feet. We were one of the few organizations that went online immediately. You pivoted quickly. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it didn't, didn't even take a week for us to start putting online content out and telling people that we can do things online. <clears throat> we went back to all clients we were just about to sign a contract with or had signed a contract with yeah. and told them, let's take this thing digital. Let's not stop. Because a lot of people were just like, no, let's let's see how this thing goes. Mm. But I think we had a sense pretty early on that uh, you know the pandemic pandemic could be a long haul thing. So, mm. so we went online, and I think we did over a hundred webinars. Oh wow! Um, with different organizations, mm. different mm-hmm. crowds, different mm-hmm. whatevers. Mm. Uh, some of them were paid eventually mm. down the line. Once people caught on to it, they started to pay for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and. Uh, just from the data we collected from all the sandbox experts, um, 80% uh, had a revenue increase since joining the sandbox. So that was surprising even for us that during COVID, people did very well. Um, I think it's a testament to the model is unique and it's working very well. I wonder what it would have been if we didn't have that shutdown and people couldn't come through anymore. Um, but yeah... I would say one year down the line, um, the business success has been there. Of course, not everyone, and we're trying to see what to do to fix around that. But my biggest lesson has been around managing 
stakeholder management that thing we call stakeholder management mm. that's a skill that i think i have built significantly because you're talking 25 companies 25 experts really good at what they do very smart individuals different perspectives but trying to get them to coalesce around one goal and yeah one direction has not been very easy that's my biggest lesson <laughs> So, and the third um, thing mm-hmm. is that I've transitioned out of a company I founded uh from being the CEO which is wild. Mm. Um my colleague Chris has taken over. In fact, at this time I'm doing a lot of reflection because we're just about to do the public announcement although we had been doing private announcements with our clients. Mm. Uh so I've had those three transitions happen in one year and that has been quite the year. So how are you doing? I didn't tell you how I'm doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you've said a lot of things about I know. business. I thought but, you know. I thought I was answering a question. Um, so how am I doing? I I think I'm doing very good. Mm. I think I'm doing very good. Um what, what are the parameters The parameters of good. Um my life usually falls into uh several buckets <coughs> so there's a family bucket mm. married this is our 14th year wow. we're about to oh, celebrate yeah. 14 years uh to grace um four kids yeah that's a lot yeah <laughs> i realized yeah, i mean the lot. upper percentile of people with many children mm. in this world well, you need to you need to know <laughs> to the guy called okui i'm not okui i do children. one who's about to turn 18 so yes he yes. has a bit of experience you could use <laughs> I, huh? I, yeah uh yeah so i have a galton boy eight and twins who are one and a half who very interesting tiny individuals um so the family bucket I would say we're doing good mm. um last year i attended several things uh because i decided to go all out on developing myself i was like i've been developing other people all these years i've never sat on the other side myself so i've always like taken coaching and stuff but this time i signed up for a leadership program and uh just evaluating the different buckets in my life and how they are going and i think one one probably one of my strengths is that once i get clarity about what to do mm-hmm. i don't need it early i do it immediately mm-hmm. so i remember just uh, evaluating a lot around uh, family mm-hmm. um and uh it's the one area i really thank god that things are going good the kids are healthy uh the older kids changed schools and then a school now they really love uh enjoying it uh my wife joined me in the entrepreneurship journey now we have very interesting conversations mm, said she's, uh, <laughs> flour. she's selling gluten free flour free flour you know yeah. that is such a gluten free flour <laughs> people from where i come from gluten free gluten free and she's also a logistics consultant mm. so you know she's been doing those too um so i would say on the family front we are good we have the people who help us with the kids uh, the kids nannies and mm. are so much like family 
like my 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 babies don't cry when i leave the house to go they happily wave at me to go away because wow. and for me that's a sign that they are staying with people they love and they enjoy being with mm. uh, So I'd say things are stable oh, on that front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really thank God that that's working well. Because um, for that's me, that's when, that, when, that, uh, when that's stable, then I feel things are good. Mm. Um, even in my marriage, I'm in a really good, interesting space. Mm. Um, we keep joking that there's no time we have agreed on as many things as possible as this time but that's because we have a common project we are doing mm. which has forced us to get on the same page on very many things uh, which has been quite good because uh, i would say uh, before that uh, there was quite some rocky conversations that we had to go through to get to the stage that we are at right now and and this was just you know through through last year we had quite some issues to deal with together uh in the marriage mm. so so i think these things happened concurrently with the with the programs i was taking that helped me really evaluate and i'm like i want these things to end well so so i threw everything possible what, what programs did you take uh there's one called the leadership circle mm-hmm. uh by a guy called benjamin kamoy and a lady called rosie laurie mm-hmm. uh that just helps you as a leader evaluate whether everything is working out from the workplace mm-hmm. to the family to the parenting to yourself um yeah so so i i i picked out certain things that i felt I wasn't investing in enough to mm-hmm. to for things to end well uh one just my marriage in terms of i think there are certain things I was probably avoiding confronting <laughs> yeah um and uh yeah so so i took a lot of time to do that um just look at are there uh, unresolved issues that maybe have been sweeping under the carpet that we just need to surface and mm-hmm. deal with once and for all um the largest being how we handle money my wife and i have very different perspectives of almost everything which is probably why we are not together one? Uh, so our in fact it's very interesting because we are doing couples and money now uh, mm. we can pass time mm. uh, so we've gotten time to evaluate our personalities and how we uh, <coughs> you know treat money mm. uh, so i think it's it's less about prudence because i don't think any so of us is well to answer this question uh-huh. is wasteful mm-hmm. and more about perspective mm. i am a very high risk taker that's mm. why i ended up building a business mm-hmm. but i also have a very long perspective on when i invest in something i'm probably looking 20 years out yeah uh she is more immediate in can we do something that has impact now mm uh but very detailed in keeping track of mm. 
records and everything. And now I can articulate this because, you know, we went through an exercise last week <laughs> where we were looking at what are the strengths we are bringing to this so that we stop fighting. Mm-hmm. So our different perspective always put us as loggerheads. Because me, when I'm thinking 20-year investment, I'm thinking, but how is it helping us tomorrow? Mm-hmm. How is it helping us pay fees next year? Yeah, who knows whether we'll be yeah, here who, Yeah, who knows yeah. if we'll be here in 20 Ooh, years. So. <laughs> so, so, so those are the things that used to make us clash, Kamisa, because especially when there's a big project at hand, it just gets difficult to move forward. Um, so we had even just gotten to a place where we're like, we're going to split it or whatever. You do this, I do this. Tusisumbwane. Mm. In the middle, we make sure the bills are paid. Tusisumbwane mm. beyond mm. that. Which, it's not very ideal. Um, I think it worked in terms of keeping us out of each other's hairs, but I don't know that it worked in resolving the issues around why we were fighting in the an, first an, place. An artificial <laughs> harmony of sorts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a question, mm-hmm. maybe to derail a bit, but related. Um, in your experience, you, you've built stuff from scratch. Mm-hmm. You've built Wild from scratch. Mm-hmm. You've built Sandbox from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you probably helped, you know, you've helped other people be, build their businesses, businesses. from scratch. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you're a visionary, that is no doubt. And mm-hmm. may, maybe this is why you look at money you know, from a 20-year perspective. Yeah. Because you're, you're about the big picture. How does your... F- how has your family bucket mm. enabled you to achieve these things that you've achieved? And and I want to pick up from something you said, like, uh, when we were off, cam- off mic. Mm. And, and you said, you know, like, once Grace understood your vision for the sandbox, she became an advocate, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think your family bucket has done in terms of enabling you or supporting you or creating an environment that allows you or pushes you, you know, it could be it could be a negative environment that I'm going to succeed despite all these <laughs> yeah. people think. You know, like what well, uh, is there is there a correlation between your family bucket and this 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 work that you do so passionately? Yes, uh, two perspectives on that. One, because uh, I remember in the time we were having a conversation with some guys somewhere on video, something Joan Korea mm. shot. Mm. And I remember getting, yeah, you were there. Mm. Yeah, you were one of us. I remember getting an epiphany in that conversation that uh, sensible men rarely do things for themselves. Mm. They do it for family. Mm. So somewhere at the back of my mind, even if it's misguided and you know you stay away from family the entire time you're doing it, in the man's mind, he's doing it for his family. Yeah, it's for his kids, it's for legacy. It's for, it's for legacy, it's yeah. to make sure they're comfortable and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so there's been an interesting correlation between my success and the number of children I've had. <laughs> <laughs> the more successful you become, the yeah. more children you get. No, the other way around. The more children I get, the, the more, more pressure I have to, to, to be successful. Or maybe you're successful because you have many children. Yeah. You know, there, there was a time that was the measure of success. Yeah. He's doing very well. doing very well. Yeah, so... so I don't think I've ever had any doubt in my mind that I'm doing this for my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I'm also doing it for myself because I've had a passion, but it's conflating everything in terms of the day I achieve, you know, bits and pieces of this vision as we go ahead. The reward should be enough to take care of my family mm-hmm. and maybe at some point more than they ever need. Um, yeah, so that that 
in my mind is is one but number two so my wife has always been employed mm. and usually in very high level positions in corporate mm. which has its interesting dynamics i think we should come back here with her to talk about that one in no, detail she's not allowed here <laughs> she's not allowed here no she can give you she can give her opinion in a letter which you read out snail mail yeah. po box yeah, yeah, private yeah, box yeah. We, we will not get it <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, but uh, i mean i'm not saying the female opinion is not mm. it's not <laughs> a, it's just that you know i'm I, i want to hear your perspective yeah, as a guy yeah. We usually say the chicks can go to my neck again. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um I think her job jobs did give some kind of stability because uh, mm. I came with good packs, good medical insurance and stuff. Yeah, so the things you didn't, you didn't have to to worry uh, yeah, about. Yeah. I, I couldn't I, afford I've experienced that, that as well. So, time. Yeah. so so I think without that kind of Uh, stability coming from her being in stable jobs with good parks mm. i don't think i don't know i think it would have been a lot rougher because um you know uh, i utilized a lot of those things very well mm. uh the medical insurance the what there's a time i had some medical issues i don't mm. know if you know that life threatening medical issues not really you don't know yeah uh, i was in the hospital for a while Because I had a blood clot in my lungs. Are you serious? Yes. How are we friends and I don't know this? <laughs> I don't know how that bypassed it. When was this? <laughs> so it was in 2014. I know it was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Usually the problem is that. <laughs> But so, a year later, yeah. I was in the hospital as well. Uh, yeah. In ICU for 12 hours. Oh, really? Mm. For what? High blood pressure. Okay. Right. I had no idea. So yes. are we even... Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, wow. so I, I, if yeah, so I, uh, I'm still on medication until today. It will so be a like, lifelong it's, thing. It's crazy. It'll be a lifelong thing. Blood thinners. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's good it was caught on time. Yeah. Uh, that thing Shucks. usually takes people out chop chop. So, um, yeah, if I if I didn't have that kind of backing, I don't know how I would have pulled it off like through such times because uh, yeah, like those were sorted pretty well. Uh yeah so 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 I actually see my wife's role as having been uh a cause of stability. Mm. Doesn't mean we didn't I mean that entire period we probably fought about the business because yeah. you know it gets to a point where even the person who's supporting you starts thinking I've had about this dream for five years, six yeah. years, yeah. seven years, eight years when is it coming to pass? uh and you know even she starts doubting even i start doubting whether this is ever really going to work out and wondering what i signed up for yeah. <laughs> you know I, I i hear a certain brand and i'm calling it a brand mm. because i know this is not all women it's not all feminists mm. but a certain brand of feminists who say they don't marry potential yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 go succeed yeah, first yeah, then come yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. So because I mean the interesting thing is like just before we got married both of us were working abroad. Mm. We were expatriates. Yeah. You know good salaries, very big jobs wherever mm. we were. Mm. And then I came back and jumped from that into running a business into yeah. entrepreneurship. Mm. She came back and continued at that high level of the job that she was running. Uh so so for me it was literally building from zero. And 
uh, yeah, that that I can say sometimes were extremely dark. Ah, that I get. Yeah, that I get for yeah. sure. I've uh, and like, and like I said to you, man, I've I've experienced it. Mm. Uh, when my ex-wife and I met, mm-hmm. uh, we were both in advertising. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went into entrepreneurship even just just about when we were getting a child she went and got on a steady job at a financial institution <laughs> so we had those packs we had those and you know medical nini so i didn't have to worry about that as i as, as i was grinding to build an agency that i was building from the ground up yeah you know yeah eventually that agency experienced some success but <clears throat> eventually and it wasn't a smooth ride you know, not even a smooth ride with her. I mean, one of the fights we had because mm. I didn't feel like she was supporting me, even though she was. Yeah, because she yeah, was. Yeah, she was. Yeah, but I uh. <laughs> wanted direct yeah. support. Yes. Indio mshara yangu. Yeah. Into taka kwanyumba itu na kabe shara. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know. <laughs> Do you know that we are doing a survey on marriage and entrepreneurship with my wife? Eh? So oh, really? it's, it's a joint project I was talking about. Oh wow. Uh-huh. And that's the number one thing that comes out. That Is the survey currently going on? So we locked it. We'll open it up again because okay. we needed to do the analysis mm. without yeah. getting the data, you know, muzz- muddled yeah. up. Yeah. But that's the number one thing that's coming out from our analysis that mm. the entrepreneur spouse, because uh, we did both, mm. whether both are entrepreneurs yeah, or one yeah, is employed, yeah, yeah. but the entrepreneur spouse expects two things around support. Mm. One, financial, two, moral. And then three, um, if the spouse has an expertise that can help, help in the business, business yeah. they expect it. So number one is okay, and many people do it, mm. but many times it ends up badly. Premium tiers. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two and three are manageable. Uh, but you know, let me tell you. But yeah, and and then I was going to say people don't actually understand that that dynamic. Of when you're the man and you're the entrepreneur, and then the wife is in a high-flying job, it looks rosy from the outside. Mm. But there are many things it does to the man. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially in those difficult times. Yeah. And you've grown up knowing men are providers. Balls, none. Men none. are, yeah. But then, in this case, there are times when you actually have to depend. On your wife, yeah, and, and 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 then and then you're depending on your wife, mm. and then you have a complaint. Yeah, uh, how I explain <laughs> <laughs> using the help of our elder. Yeah, the I, I, I want I want twenty k, <laughs> and I don't like this food. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Is your team? Performing like a Formula One team, because it should. It should be high-performing and with great precision. After over 13 years of building teams for some of the biggest companies in Kenya and Uganda, I have developed the ultimate team-building thought process named Pit Stop. Now, this process will help your team build trust, become innovative, and increase performance. Now, if this sounds like the team you want to work with, even with the challenges brought in by COVID-19, Shoot me an email on amanimaranga at gmail.com and I will work at bringing your team to performing like a Formula One team.
And now, back to our story. You're depending on your wife, mm. and then you have a complaint. Yeah. Uh, how I explain? <laughs> <laughs> Using the help of our elder. Yeah. The uh, I, I, I want, I want 20k, <laughs> and I don't like this food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, th- those dynamics were crazy. I remember there are times now when I look in hindsight, I get it because it got to a point where my wife had to keep reminding me dude i'm on your side i'm not your enemy because i either based on historical filters or whatever it is she would say the most innocent thing but my mind has a cut translator that translates it to say you're questioning my leadership you're questioning my manhood you're you know it would just be something like uh, did you remember to to pay the fees and i'm like is it because you don't think I cannot? You know, like it would turn into that and maybe she was just asking a simple question. So she would be thoroughly confused yeah. in terms of where is all this coming from. And then for me, because of the pressures of not having money and things are not working out in the business very well and all sorts of things, it was a huge avenue for conflict. Our, our security as guys, mm. our kahunas, you know, our ability to be the man, mm-hmm. somehow are tied to the, to the wallet. To the wallet, yeah. And whether you perceive what you're doing to be succeeding yeah, or, not. or not, yeah, and that it's such a setup for failure mm. because you know money is an external factor, yet your insecurity is a factor of your growth internally. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that make sense? Mm. Uh, so your how you how you view yourself, where you get your self worth from, uh, your security as a man, your kahunas mm-hmm. should ideally in an ideal situation should be there whether you have money or not. It it should. Let me let me tell you, I have like an internal meter that is aligned to how much money I have and how much money I'm going to have. Yeah, like I intuitively get very anxious based on ongoings because I have a feeling money is going to run out on fifteenth. Like it's I don't I don't even have to look at my bank account or all no. my yeah, yeah. It, I, I understand. Yeah, balance sheet is at the back yeah. of your head over here. And so there's a time I began to ask myself: Is my happiness? Mm versus anxiety and depression going to be dependent on this swinging income that when I have a lot of it, I'm bowling, I'm throwing rows, I'm confident, confident, I walk with my head up high, but when it swings to the other end, I am a ball shrink. Yeah, completely down to zero. They go back up. (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, We're out. Yes. (laughs) Find us when you get some money. Uh, We'll drop. Yeah, and I remember I had to get to a point in life where I'm like, it can't be dependent on this. Because now it's very clear, this entrepreneurship journey will always be up and down. Yeah, it will be a pendulum. And that's when I started to really question what informed my perception of my self-worth. How, how did I get to that place where I was so intuitively tied to how much money I had? But, but it's how we are set it's up. It's how we are wired. No, no, not wired. Mm. I think wiring is different. Mm. Uh, but I think it's how we are set up. Mm-hmm. Um, the setup is is 
everything you hear is about you as a man being being a provider mm-hmm. so a man is a provider a man is a provider a man is a provider you're not providing does this mean i'm not a man you know like that the moment one one of those elements is removed then your manhood your the idea of a man then becomes challenged mm-hmm. you know a man is strong a man is strong a man is strong you get sick you're no longer strong are you not a man anymore yeah you know that so and that and, and that's why you find like our folks when they get a disease they can't defeat it kills their morale mm. especially for the dudes mm. and i've seen it where he loses the will to fight anymore why because mm. that manhood definition has been challenged i'll be challenged yeah sometimes wiped out completely yeah. like where you can't continue to do that which defined you as that man so mm. and and here here's the thing and maybe i should say this to all the young men but even some of our age mates who are listening to this everyone has an opinion of what a man should be apart from the man himself I, I don't know why I feel like we should take a break a song plays or something and then you know, <laughs> no, I mean, that's just so deep <laughs> there's so many people who have an opinion about who a man should mm, be mm. apart from the man who's listening to that opinion mm, mm. you know and so everyone is trying to define and shape this man to their suiting and then those opinions are very confusing because sometimes they are conflicting mm. where often just like you are saying there's there's a brand of people nowadays that will not marry potential. Mm. So if you are with a person like that, your opinion is defined by the fact that until the day you achieve what she considers yeah. reasonable success, yeah. you will not be a man in her eyes. Yeah. And then if you take that definition, you start trying to live up to that. Then you break up. Then what happens? <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Also, so, also, you know, <laughs> when, when you get and achieve that success, you realize, oh. Uh, this success is enough for that one mm. but it's not enough for the, for the other one. yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah and then you realize it's more than enough for these other guys over here mm. so who worship the ground you walk ex- on and exactly. they think your everything that they want exactly. to be when they grow up yeah and you know those for me i'm like dude define yourself mm. okay define the kind of man you want to be the kind of man that you are what's your character what's your what's your space in this world what are you gifted for define it and then express that regardless of whether that fits the opinions of the people around the people. you of what a man should be and you know you and I have listened to a lot of someone that says first we should be a priest then we should be a provider prophet, a prophet provider a protector and predict nothing and <laughs> yeah um There, there are all those definitions out there mm. some which sometimes i really struggle with because mm. i'm just like some of these things i'm just not either talented or even interested mm. in like protector i can get a security firm i will be hiding another bed with my wife <laughs> when those anyway no but seriously though uh, there are a lot of definitions that I think one put us under a lot of pressure because yeah. then we put that as a standard and then if we never achieve them yeah and then can another then, like, I mean and right protector is uh, let's use protector as an example mm. 
Protector doesn't necessarily mean you go out and fight. Mm. Okay? Protector could mean you create the system that safeguards your security. Okay? Now, whether you create the system that safeguards your security or you're the guy who is the system that safeguards your security because yeah. the guys who are the, them, mm. they are it. Either way, you're both protecting. Mm. But de dependent on who defined protector for you, mm -hmm. the fact that you're hiding in a, <laughs> you know, in a, in a, in a let's call it a bunker. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have a safe, you have a safe house inside your house. You have a, what do you call those things? Mm -hmm. You have a safe room mm -hmm. inside your house. Now, someone could decide you're a coward because you're not out there fighting. Yeah, you're right? not living up to you're their definition. To, but that person is not put into consideration mm. that your entire family is safe and you have protected them and you protected them because you foresaw this situation and you mm. created a system to protect it but let me throw a spanner what if your wife is a navy seal whose job is it to come up with that system that's a very good question mm. you and know congratulations <laughs> if your wife is a navy seal because <laughs> dude i like a girl in uniform okay but yeah i mean i, I think it got to a po point for me, where the, I think you said an important word, define for yourself mm. and try and get as robust a definition as possible. Mm -hmm. Because I got to a point in my marriage where I'm like, shouldn't the person who's best to do this do it? Even if it may fall. That's why I asked if your wife is a Navy So student, it's not a role. She it's probably not a role has thing because better of security information and everything than yeah, you. And training. So yeah. if you start deciding because I'm the man, I'm the one to decide this, and then you're putting a bunker and she's like, but it's cracked on the wall. It's mm. not, you know. Amma, your system is based on yeah. fox, fox and knives. Yeah. <laughs> you, you shall feed the thieves. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so I'm like, why, why not let the person who's best at something actually carry it out, you know? Uh... Because that also brings about the whole question of provision. What if your wife really is the one earning a 700k salary, and you are earning 50? Does it mean your manhood needs to be defined as manhood the date gets to 700? Because I see that pressure for the man to do something to catch up. Dude, yeah. that's a TED talk. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> there's so many guys mm. who are going through that thing mm. of the they're dating or they're married to or they're interested in someone who is earning more than they are. Mm -hmm. And because of <clears throat> just that one difference. Mm. Yeah, it becomes a challenge yeah, because... Masculinity is... Uh, yeah, the definition mm -hmm. and the, why, the, the, the repeated stuff you've had is that you should be. Mm. And so if you can't, it becomes a problem. Because you're always trying to be, and and, it, and, and I'm <coughs> like, sometimes, mm. what if your wife is an investment banker or mm. a treasury, you know, dealer, mm. where out of one deal, she gets a bonus of 80 million? How are you ever going? Yeah, You're never going to be able how, to compete. Yeah, how many entrepreneurs are able to even get or, or, yeah. or you employed men? Yeah, unless, yeah. Unless, or a politician. Yeah, uh, or a politician. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, no, that's the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is, there, like, is there a difference? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so for me, the whole trying to match up is absurd. I think it's, it's what you define. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, traditional roles are, in fact, one of the things that I say, because I have lived in a country where the women were quite empowered. Mm. Uh, uh, before I came back, I was working in Norway. Mm. And, and, there are people there who've decided to completely redefine 
in fact their law allows for men to take equal amount of like you have one year for paternity mm. and maternity mm. leave combined mm. you can choose between yourselves who takes who a, takes the what, longer one yeah. or not mm. and so what a lot of people do is if the wife is the one who's earning more she'll take four months when her body has healed mm. nini, nini, she goes back to work and the husband takes the remaining you know eight wow or yeah yeah and it's they have defined it but you see from an african perspective so many things I want to talk to you about mm. um, I, le- let's talk about um, you mm-hmm. uh, and, and feel free to dodge this subject entirely <laughs> if you want to uh, but you and I have shared a struggle mm-hmm. but different, differently um a mental health mm-hmm. struggle yes M- mine was depression mm-hmm. and you know something i still manage and deal with mm-hmm. till today yeah um yours uh depression and anxiety and anxiety yeah, same. yeah this is the first time i'm going public by the way wow yeah so <laughs> are you okay are you okay with that yeah <laughs> i, I knew it would happen one day <laughs> so <laughs> you've been wildly successful while dealing with depression and anxiety mm. seeing psychiatrists mm-hmm. being on medicine mm-hmm. um how do you how do you manage your confidence as a guy on one hand you know projecting all this energy positive energy towards the stuff that you're building and on the other hand you know dealing with the darkness mm. that comes from a disease and then like we've said mm-hmm. all these other now things that are happening that add pressure to that <laughs> yes to that space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like dude how have you navigated this um yeah for context maybe it would be good to go back to the genesis mm. which was uh, 2007 post election mm. violence mm. which was a month just after i got married because mm. we got married in 2007 first december mm. So we had elections. Oh really? Mm. First December. Mm. Oh, I got married on the 7th. Okay. December of same year. Same year. Yeah. So maybe that's why they're on different dates cuz we were each other's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. Uh so so when the whole announcement period was happening I started mm. feeling an anxiety that wasn't going away. Mm. Uh a few years earlier when i was in norway mm-hmm. i had experienced depression but it was explained out as the whole light thing you mm-hmm. know in norway you go through almost 18 hours of darkness mm-hmm. and then it flips to the other side and that for somebody who lives in the equator where you have equal light and darkness yeah. can really mess up your cycle mm-hmm. so so i'd experienced a bit of it then which you know was generally managed easily mm-hmm. but then this time now i started feeling an anxiety that just wasn't going away and uh so i was like okay something is not right mm. and then maybe a week or two later i flipped to the other side completely uh sadness that's not going away because i'm like okay but bearing in mind that it was post election i'm like mm. it's explainable mm. uh, we've not been in such a period as a country yeah uh but then as the as you know the chaos and then calm and then coffee and everything happened mm. 
that swing kept happening. And so I was like, hey, no, something's not right. So I went to see a doctor, a general practitioner. Explained and he's like, oh, it sounds like stress, but it could be going towards mm. whatever. It, it seems mild. So so I just got some dawas mm. and for sure for the next few weeks I was okay. Then after a while, night came back more intense than ever before. Like for can't get out of bed mm. and mm. that kind of thing. So now I, the specialist even just said, now you need to see a psychiatrist went and yeah so i was told yeah you have depression and anxiety probably ptsd based mm. uh, post-traumatic stress disorder mm. uh, to date i don't know what that ptsd event was mm. the suspicions was my mom's death when i was 16 mm. uh, or just things that happened i i don't particularly remember any traumatic events or i downplay I traumatic, it. Uh, yeah, I events. It. Mm. Uh, so, so never really gotten down to the root cause, but now just since then Been went into uh, taking different cocktails of medications to just function. Um, Most of us just take different cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that journey began. Mm. Um, went through several. Uh, psychiatrists because I think it's important to have chemistry with your psychiatrist. Same cocktails involved. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so eventually ended up with a really cool guy. I don't know what your policy is about naming names. Ah, but uh, if, you're, if you're happy with naming names. A guy called uh, Dr. Mutiso is really, really good. Mm, okay. um, and based on if I'm always um disciplined on that front i will function okay mm. but i think as you know there are always swings mm. of mm. Uh, times when things can get done very well or not how have i managed it there are times when i'm uh completely don't have the energy mm. play with the kids mm. hang out with the family so you'll find on a lot of those weekends i am just asleep the entire day or something mm. just so that i can have enough energy to push through the next week that's even just to be alive yeah yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. i feel you yeah so that's that's been my journey uh it's something that now when i went down that journey started learning a lot about just the whole mental health situation mm. Mm. as a result i've ended up even supporting mental health organizations from mm. both a strategy mm. and whatever point of view. Mm. Because I began to realize there's a lot of inform misinformation mm. about what mental health challenges are. There are a lot of people today being told by their families, their spouses and everything, you're lazy, you don't want to work, mm. you don't want to do anything. Uh, you know, you're not being a man, you're not being, you know, a woman, you're just taking advantage of us, you're manipulating us and all sorts of things. Yet the root cause of that behavior is actually a mental health challenge. Uh, yeah. And because the family doesn't know it. It's a broken mind and you won't see it. They don't know that that person has a problem mm. and they don't, they can't get the person help. Mm. Uh, and therefore it just ends up being a really, really and it's broken already. situation. Mm. And then for people who now end up in mental health, they don't want to get help because the stigma around it is that if you have a mental health challenge, 
you have a big problem, you're weak, you're all these things. Mm. And so people also find it very hard. I have several common friends of ours who I know are struggling with one issue or another, mm. but mm. they've refused to go and see a psychiatrist because it's important to maintain that sense of control, that mm. I'm in control of this thing. And up until now, I think there are a lot of people who will be very shocked to hear that that has been an issue for me since 2007 because everyone looks at me and they're like, you're, ki you're killing it on every front. Mm. Uh, so they've not been privy and, and to what's true. been you're happening. You're killing it on every front. Yeah, it's just that uh, you're killing background. it on every front despite. <laughs> despite, yeah. 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 But I was, I was, I was <clears> very... <throat> acceptance is a, a very important ingredient. Mm. Just mm. accepting that, yes there's a problem and doing everything possible to learn about it and what it will take to manage it successfully if it can be managed successfully because there are certain inspections that are really really difficult to manage bipolar and you mm. know those kinds of things schizophrenia certain inspections are very difficult autism adhd there's 17 spectrums can you believe okay you uh, <laughs> so so yeah, so just not first not accepting and second not empowering yourself with information makes a lot of people operate at a way lower uh, frequency than they would if they just accepted the situation and dealt with it head on together with their families. Yeah, uh, I want to talk. In fact, that's exactly what I wanted to go into mm. the family space. Mm. <clears throat> and I want, you know, I, I can imagine what conversation. I mean, you you just a year. In your first year yes of marriage mm -hmm. and you're now going through these mental health challenges and your wife is like this is not what i signed up for mm -hmm. the guy i married was okay yeah you know yeah, yeah. uh or was he <laughs> that's why they say before you say for better for us mm. <laughs> do an do a psychiatric evaluation as you do a financial one also do a psychiatric evaluation of your spouse before you get married but also <laughs> You've been on the other end as a family member supporting another family member with a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I want to talk about that level, you know, the, the level of empathy mm. that you then start to, you know, that, that you need to have. And, and maybe what are some of the things you can tell if, if you were to give like a starter kit <laughs> mm -hmm. for a starter kit for people with... Uh, with families that are dealing with mental health, mm -hmm. you know, what would you tell them? Back to um, just the whole thing of ac first acceptance, even as a family, accepting that we have a problem. We have a medical issue that we are dealing with because it's very interesting that if you have cancer, uh, everyone rallies around, uh, everyone excuses you from work, from your employers to your family members uh, to go and seek treatment, uh, everyone fundraises to help you deal with the issue because it's visible, it is, you know, mm. it, it has a brand around it that this is a problem. Mm. If you break your leg, same thing, nobody expects you to run. Mm. <laughs> yeah. or lift, or lift, or lift something yeah. heavy mm. uh, they'll push you in a wheelchair they'll mm. arrange for all these things to be done to sort you out so 
the challenge with mental health is that it's invisible. Mm. It's a mind issue. And because until you experience it, it's very difficult to explain to somebody what's going on. Mm. It's very easy for people to then dismiss you as those things that I mentioned. You don't want to work, you're lazy, you're all these sorts of things. Mm. And so there are a lot of families today that just need to accept that they have someone in their family who has a problem mm. uh, and they need to treat it the same way cancer, broken legs, uh, malaria, COVID are treated. Mm. Where you throw all your weight behind uh, finding every possible... So people have flown to India mm. or the US or Europe or South Africa to deal with all those sorts of other issues. But mental health issues are just taken so lightly. Nobody... Ain't nobody gonna fly you anywhere. Yeah. Because you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody fundraises. Nobody... It's In fact, what ends up happening with a lot of people is isolation. Mm. Um, and I mean, some of it ends up very tragically. I think we have common friends mm. where three people committed suicide mm -hmm. in a family because they were all dealing with that particular issue. Uh, and such things then end up happening. And even when the death happens, uh, it's reported publicly as something else. Mm. So people don't... There's this kid who killed his entire family. For me, it's clear that was a mental health issue. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, media reported it as kids are going crazy nowadays and yeah, they are killing he's parents. Evil. Yeah, he's evil. Yet had somebody the, just the done their homework in that family, they would have realized this person's erratic behavior with X, Y, and Z. Even the seclusion and stuff mm. could be signs of something else and we need to get him help. So there's a large conversation that just needs to happen in this country. Uh, it's very interesting because I had one psychiatrist who was like, don't be fooled. A lot of these people you see even in leadership. I, of course, because of professionalism, mm. they don't mention who it mm. is. Mm. But they are like a lot of these people you're seeing on TV and whatever running mm. around are my mm. clients. So don't be fooled that this thing selects... If uh, you ever talk to him know, again, yeah. tell him we're not fooled. We know <laughs> we, know we can see it. Can see it. <laughs> <We> can see <laughs> it. <laughs> As we, I say it's in high leadership. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, yeah, you're allowed it. to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, yeah, I, I, I think uh, an entire, not just national, but global, con mm. I think it's Oprah who keeps saying going to a therapist should be normalized. Yeah. Like we should all be doing it because the things that usually lead up to your mind breaking up is you've stored stuff, you have, you know, you've done all these different things mm. that uh, uh, end up building up until the system breaks. And no, then I've only had one therapy session this year and I'm already... I'm already feeling those maninis of a junkie. Mm. You know, those my withdrawal <laughs> symptoms of a junkie because I want, I want, I've got stuff to let out, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to process stuff. I just want to hear a different perspective. I want to be asked good questions that help me, mm. you know, Actually, process. I, I think a, a lot of this is what drove me to be very, to, to rush to seek help. Mm. Uh, in different situations where it's very clear I don't have what mm, it takes mm. to, to sort me out. Because that, that entire journey really humbled me to the point that there are things that can happen where mm. what I think is my uh, superpower. Mm. Yeah, I, I've, I've always had a mind that is very... Okay, as a bright kid, let's just put it mm. in plain English. <laughs> and They're brilliant, it's true. And 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 to have times when I can't use that 
it's that thing where if that's what I define as my main thing and then there are times I can't think, I can't concentrate, I can't do something, then it becomes a big issue. Uh, and I don't even know where I was going with that point. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but anyway, uh, therapy. Yeah, therapy is therapy. important. So th- yeah, I think what I was saying before that is that's why I'm now quick to seek help. Because mm. every time I've sought help, things turn around relatively quickly. And then I started asking myself, if this is a situation in a place where I've needed experts to help me with this, mm. what about everything else in my life? Business, uh, money, mm. uh, marriage, and also... So nowadays I'm very... So quick. you don't have to fix it yourself. Yeah, that because 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 I was humbled across the board nowadays. I'm just I'm I'm happy easy. Uh, I surprise my staff sometimes when they ask something. I'm I don't know. Then they look at me like you're the CEO. I suppose to. I'm like no, I don't know. I'll go and research. But you have equal capability to do the to same. Do the and same. Come back I mean, with I will answer. Google the same yeah, pages you yeah, could have. That you could have. Yeah. So why don't we do that and then we find a solution for yeah. this? If I don't yeah. know, I don't know. Mm. Uh, I am not ashamed anymore. To admit even in public spaces when I feel I don't know something. If I feel I'm a guru in something, I will. I mean, I'll let you have it. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Uh, you know, served very yeah. well. Don't try no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if 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 I don't feel I'm uh, you know uh, good at something, then nowadays I'm just happy and willing to admit that and and run with it. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Thank you for sharing about your mental health journey um i don't know if i should ask the next one (laughs) (laughs) in a conversation we had last week you you were saying about how you've you've reached a place you've um you don't care but but there's a there's a sense of freedom that that comes with may, maybe a stage of life, mm-hmm. and, and I mean that, and I'm sniffing it. Mm. <laughs> I can sniff that stage of freedom. Mm. So I'll tell you something, and then m- maybe tell me how you how you think I should deal with it, or if you relate. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pissed off with one of my parents mm-hmm. completely. Like any pissed off. And I feel guilty mm-hmm. for being pissed off because they're my parent. Yet, you know, I feel like some decisions that they've made could have been made differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself at this stage where I want to respect and honor my folks, but I also want to tell them the truth, mm-hmm. my truth. Mm-hmm. And that right there is a major conflict. Hmm. If you were in my shoes, what would you what do? Do? <laughs> I was just about to say that because uh, as soon as you know you started talking is when I think I started processing and it was coming clear to me that uh, the context of that conversation we were having last week was that I turned 40 last year. Mm. And, and I'm turning 40 this year. You're turning Guys, 40 wait this for year. the bash of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I, you know, I'm redoing mine, so can we just do it together? Oh, you'd love my concept for my it bash was, this it was, year. It was COVID 100%, so we were not able to do the big bash. I I, we can do it together. <laughs> but anyway. Can you see this thing? Yeah. It's part of the. 
Do you remember when you used to write yes. songs? Yes. When you wrote songs for concerts. Is this time for me to revive my career yeah. in singing? But then this is it. Yeah. Okay. I've I've started playing that thing. Cool. Stuff. Again. Mm. Mm. And it's part of the 40th birthday. Okay. But anyway, now I have a DJ set at home. Anyway, let's do this. Fun. Let's do this. Uh, so, um, uh, as as I got close to that forty, I started to realize it's almost like an existential realization that time is running out, and then you just get to the place where uh, many things that you'd have bottled, because time is running out, you now just start to put it as it is, mm. and. Uh, yeah, so I found myself in very honest, candid conversations, whether it was marriage or at work or whatever it is, where I would say something and I see people looking at me for, did you just state that as plainly as we were all thinking but not having the courage to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's why I would even get to places where I say, I don't know, because I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to hide the fact that I don't know. Like, I've, uh, uh, yeah. It's it's faster if you know that I don't know, so that mm. you don't expect me to give yeah, you an and, answer. And, and <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't gauge myself anymore. I ability to know or to be held to those other people's opinions. Yeah. But that said, I still think mm. that uh, there are some issues that are deep, mm. especially the ones when it comes to parents mm. or childhood friends or issues or relationship issues that mm. went very deep. I think in scenarios where things go deep into the root of your emotions, I don't think they're as easy. Because as you have issues with one parent, I only have one living parent. Mm. I mentioned my mom passed mm. away. Mm. Uh, and over the last years, there's also been just confronting certain issues about the fact that I didn't grow up with my dad around. Mm. Um, he was in the house. Mm. He just traveled a lot, <laughs> mm. which is something that I started doing very early in my life. You mm. remember when we were housemates, yeah. I, I, started tra- I was traveling a lot mm. even when I was in university mm. with Isaac. Mm. Uh, and I think some of that absence and other things that happened around uh, their marriage left me bitter and pained and then my mom passed on and then i was left with my dad and those years were very rocky <laughs> where we were, it was just the two of us because mm. my siblings had moved to the u.s mm. which was also another issue of why is the family split up mm. and that kind of stuff uh, so i don't know that it's easy even at 40 to go back and deal with those issues and ask those questions and ask those questions uh, you could also ask those questions and then also get answers that you're not happy mm. with. I, I'm very aware that confronting does not mean getting the result, the outcome, the outcome that, that you you're want. looking for. Yeah. Uh, and then also, I've had people who've tried confronting, and their parents belittled the issue so much they regretted yeah. ever raising it in the first place. Mm. Or your gaslit. Yeah. You you become the problem. Yeah, you become the problem. You stand around and, and, and let me tell you. Folks who had children in the 70s and 80s, mm. they have s- the, that skill. <laughs> yeah, it is well it's perfected. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I think the journey to total healing sometimes is lifelong. I have heard of a story of one guy, and this was a very elaborate story, whose dad passed on, and he was in his 50s, 
and then suddenly he starts dressing up in bright colors wearing chains i think goes and buys a sports car and all sorts of things and his family is wondering what's going on so it turns out that the dad was very uh, strict mm. and didn't allow him to do all those things when he was young mm. so even in his 50 when the dad chips he's like finally his youth comes back yeah, he's yeah. like finally i can do a 50 something year old man i'm about to start making some youth <laughs> decisions now <laughs> so so some of these things are so deeply embedded you don't know yeah. what would happen if that healing comes or never comes because there's also the chance that it will never come but the person is gone at some point anyway and then you have to confront certain issues i've had of spouses who've now decided to do what they really always wanted to do in life once their husband dies or they get divorced because they felt constrained in that relationship mm. to do certain things you hear of our moms who go to the US and suddenly they are wearing hot pants and stuff and would never have been caught in a mm. dress long shorter than the shoe yeah mm. <laughs> so so i think there are many things that happen to us that build pain that build where emotions get stuffed somewhere in a corner and then get so muddled up that you don't even know what you're dealing. That's why we have psychologists and psychiatrists mm. to help peel the onions and unravel those issues. Dr. Oscar, one of my friends, mm. uh, psychologist, calls it the pain bank, mm. where you've collected so much pain and now at some point in the bank overflows, mm. what what now people experience as you mm. 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 is experience of your pain. Yes, yes. And that's why you even have many situations where uh, people do things that they never expected would come from them mm. in a situation. Uh, say you saw your parents being violent, and then you end up being violent, mm. and you had sworn your entire life you'd never be like you'd never life, yeah. be like your dad, or you know. And then it comes out. So where does that come from? And then the person you're with is also very shocked, and all sorts of things, and. To the outside world, there's no way you could ever justify that situation happening. But that's the danger of building things up where they end up coming out mm -hmm. in a scenario that uh, uh, I occasionally see, uh, you know, situations of someone you grew up with and then all of a sudden they've just changed, they've become angry, they've become all these sorts of things where everyone is just like, what's going on? But it's an unraveling of all those things that had been built up or bottled up so some express it outwards others go into a cocoon others go into it's alcohol an explosion or yeah, an implosion, or an implosion. Yeah. um and and yeah so and and all these things we are talking about in all those spectrums we are talking about where the mind is living and active mm. and needs to be managed so things like stress pain uh you know and the like need to be continuously managed and that's why you know, even in the world we are in today, uh, we are told to be careful with our sons because some of the things we were told growing up, be a man, don't cry, why are you crying, mm -hmm. are led to toxic. those situations where we didn't express, we didn't deal, mm -hmm. and those things just sat there and then they come out. And then me, when I learned, and, and I thought infidelity killed my marriage, mm -hmm. she later told me, no, it was lovelessness. I'm like, excuse me? Have you met a man? <laughs> the reputation out here is that I'm a lover. Boy. Yeah, 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 like yeah. <laughs> but it was that lack of expression yeah. of emotions because mm. 
narrative. Mm-hmm. You see, we have not even scratched the surface of the things <laughs> that I want to discuss with you. And uh, I know our, ti- our time is our running time out. Is, but, yeah. but, but I want to ask a couple of questions, if you'll allow me. Mm. Um, and, and maybe just to bring you back to your area of expertise. I'm suffering as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I shifted from marketing myself as a communication expert and, and not because I lost the skill, it's just that because I didn't want to build an agency again, mm-hmm. a communication agency, which is the model that makes money for communicators. Yeah. One of consulting, you'll make some money, but it's like a salo. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm. If you want to be able to handle multiple clientele, then you build you build an agency. You have to have an agency, yeah. I don't want to build that anymore. I'd started podcasting. I saw a certain set of skills that could translate. So I, I got into speaking, to the speaking circuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I started making money as a speaker, mm-hmm. especially guys speaking to men uh, in corporates creating spaces where men can feel safe to express themselves and to have these conversations, candid conversations as guys that would not necessarily have, you know, if there was a chick mm. around, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I created a product around that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and let's call 2019 build year where I was, you know, trying experimenting mm-hmm. and i know you've said this to me before it takes that 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 curve that curve that mm-hmm. j curve mm-hmm. takes seven years in kenya mm-hmm. where every, everywhere else it takes two to three years mm-hmm. but last year at the beginning i felt like this was really taking off you know mm-hmm. and at some point i had three four speaking engagements mm-hmm. in a month sometimes more okay mm-hmm. yeah and that's within the first three months of last year yeah my emceeing skills, my interviewing skills, which make me a great moderator for a panel. This, this the thing. I want to have conversations. In fact, if I could have conversations as a job, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. In the format that I had these things, COVID killed it. Yes. <laughs> Entirely. Yeah. And I, who is usually very innovative, have been unable to pivot that side of my business. I don't know how to pivot it. Now, I suspect mm-hmm. there's people in other industries that have been unable, yeah. and especially people who are in the middle of their innovation, and their innovation was interrupted. <coughs> you understand? Yeah. They're not in yeah. the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a traditional bank that was interrupted by COVID and you're like, hmm, what do you do? Mm-hmm. That's different. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, I'm sure there's a certain set of entrepreneurs who were in the middle of their innovation or at the beginning of their innovation and that yeah. in, innovation has been interrupted. And bro, I'm at my wit's end mm. trying to figure out the next move. Yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, yeah. but go. <laughs> um, I found that a lot of businesses fail uh, because people define their abilities to create value uh, based 
on an industry. Mm-hmm. That's a very, I know it's a very deep st- statement. Not too deep for me to understand. Okay. And I want to challenge it so, for myself. For yeah. myself. But so, uh, so you'd find that people define themselves of, I'm a lawyer, mm. I'm a marketer, mm. I'm a communications mm. expert, I'm mm. a brand expert, mm. I'm a manufacturer. Um, and the problem with defining yourself based on an industry mm. Or the name given to the expression of what you do mm. is that you then end up being stuck to the model of the, how those industries operate. Mm. So if you consider yourself being in the communication industry, you think that the best way I can create value is through building an agency. Because mm. that's a model you see mm. that's working out there. And use flash, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can, I can I hear you. Mm-hmm. The bigger problem, you, the, the bigger question you need to ask yourself is, what problem am I solving mm. for people with my capabilities? Because sometimes in solving the problem, you'd find that you have capabilities that are even in different industries, but you're afraid of lumping them up together because legal and communication have never been defined together. Mm. So you could be the best legal podcaster or entertainment show in the country, but because lawyers run legal farms and entertainers run entertainment farms, Mm. you never see a point of converging the two. Um, The framework of putting structure on what you do I guess is where the challenge of building a business is. Mm -hmm. I even told you last week when we met, what I see at the core of everything that you do is communication. I don't think I've ever seen you do anything outside communication. Mm -mm. (laughs) I don't think I have. Every job I've done has had a... Has had a communication element. Yeah, and a strong one. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's probably that your core capability, and yet I would not box you into just having one, it's probably mm-hmm. that your core capabilities uh, around something to do with communication. Because mm-hmm. you've changed models, you've changed platforms, you've changed mediums, but, but you I'm continue to thing, communicate. Yeah. Yeah. So if you looked at yourself fundamentally as a communicator and kept asking yourself, where are the channels of expressing this? You might have less of a problem thinking that you need to structure it to look like an agency for it to work. Okay. <laughs> we shall continue that conversation. I'll give you a very quick example. Okay. There's a band called Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. And there's an entire case study in Harvard based on these guys. Oh, really? Because they started out as a band and they mm-hmm. went around singing and singing and doing albums and building this audience. And then they realized at some point they have, they could actually count that they probably have like a million followers then like Mm. people who'd come to their concerts and like if you aggregated it and they started asking themselves we have all these people we influence what more can we do with them and they've built a communication agency for reaching that specific target audience Mm -hmm. so anything they consume they go back they do research and they're like these guys consume this that and the other they go to a company that produces that and says we have a captive audience use our agency to tailor it in Linkin Park language mm. for our people. 
they've set up an investment firm that invests in stuff that their audience consumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've set up, like, so they took the concept mm. of we've built something based mm. on music and a following, but what more do these people consume that we can offer them mm. and they will accept? Mm. And so they've, I think, built this multifaceted, like, nine company outfit wow. that just takes their following and their music and keeps creating concepts around that. That's the kind of stuff people need to do and break out of the shells of defining themselves based on one thing. I feel like this is an appropriate place to end with these words. I've tried so hard. (laughs) And I got so far. (laughs) But in the end... It doesn't really matter. It doesn't even matter. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to talk to you about partnerships. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to you about... um, you know, because you've, you've had experience in building partnerships, your mm-hmm. first partnership in Wild, mm-hmm. um, the partnerships that you're building now in the yep. sandbox, yep. you know, and the lessons that you've, you've, you've learned mm-hmm. from that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to you about, you know, dreams beyond 40, you know, mm-hmm. what you thought you'd be now and mm-hmm. what you think you can be. You've joked about running for president. Let me tell you, it's everyone around me who tells me I'm going to be president. No, no, you said it once. I said it once. Yeah. yeah. When you were MCP. For oh, yes, when I was president. <laughs> I said, <Yeah. laughs> you did think you were going to be president for this country. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you questions around why. Um, you're, you're very vocal and passionate about our political space mm-hmm. and our political system. And I can, I can see how... Maybe even PV, mm-hmm. what you've said about about mental health, mm-hmm. and you know the the anger that we feel as a as as a citizenry, you know, mm-hmm. and and how how maybe maybe the question for me is how the middle class mm-hmm. can participate effectively mm-hmm. in in the discourse of where our country should be. I think there's so much stuff I wanna discuss with you, and I'm really run out of time. I know. So we do so, this again. So will you come back? Yes. Okay. Mm. Please come back. I promise to make you more coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, based on that promise, I'm definitely coming back. But thank you. Cool. Thank you for your time. Good conversation. Thank you for thank you for your convo, man, and thank you for your friendship, Joram. You've been a solid, steady friend. Mm. I appreciate that. I appreciate you as a friend as well. Ladies and gentlemen, you must check out the sandbox. Uh, it's Sandbox and, and that's the I want you to go check out the website it's sndbx.ke Sandbox without the A without the vowels oh without S-N-D. the vowels that, oh that's all the vowels yeah check them out uh, meet the experts that, that they have uh, this could be really good for your business if you're an SME if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for support you must must check out Sandbox.ke and if you don't follow Joram, you're missing out. Your social media has nothing, especially on Facebook. Your social media is doing jack. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Monamo. Thank you. See you next week. Oh, wait. One more thing. Guys, please, please buy me a coffee. <laughs> uh, please buy me a coffee. Please go to www.buymeacoffee.com uh, slash Amani and uh, support the work for this podcast or uh, if you're in Kenya, go to your Mpesa, go to your till number, buy goods. It's 530 
527 and buy me a coffee. Santiago.